0: Horse racing, competitive though it is, is not life or death. But on this show, we'll introduce you to the trainer of a Kentucky Derby contender who really has had to deal with a terrifying life or death situation. Plus, a look at the Arkansas Derby and its impact on the big race next here on In the Gate.
1: They're in the gate. They're in the gate. In the gate. They're in
0: the gate. It's a hit by big finish. This is In The Gate, ESPN's Thoroughbred Racing Podcast. My name is Barry Abrams. You can follow me on Twitter at B. Abrams Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. You can also get us on our YouTube channel by searching In The Gate Podcast. You can get us on SoundCloud as well, which services the iTunes Store and TuneIn.com. You can get us on the Pink Podcatcher app as well. And you can subscribe to In The Gate in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. For the full In The Gate experience, subscribe now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. You probably have some issues in your life that you call little problems. Maybe your car's been acting up, or your house needs a new roof. Maybe you're having trouble studying for an exam, or your dentist has uncovered cavities you didn't think you had. When trainer Antonio Sano talks about a little problem he's had in his life, he means something way different. Twice in 2009, the winningest trainer in the history of racing in Venezuela was kidnapped, the first time for a few hours, the second time for over a month. In both cases, ransoms were paid to free Antonio Sano. In both cases, there are no words we can use to empathize with what he must have endured. In both cases, it was not a little problem. And today, Antonio Sano doesn't really discuss much about what happened— Just a few months after the second incident, Sano and his family surfaced at Calder Racecourse, now Gulfstream Park West, to start his career over. G.P. West is still where he is based... And it is where this native Venezuelan conditions a contender to try to win the United States' most famous horse race.
1: The jackpot winner, Gunnavera, is in full stride for Javier Castellano as they race to the top of the stretch in the Fountain of Youth. And there goes Practical Joke to confront three rules on the top end. But Gunnavera looms large off the speed as they turn for home with a short stretch to work with. With the lead, it's Practical Joke, but Gunnavera over the top is on to the front now. Three rules battles on gamely. These three welcome. Clear of the others, but it will be Gunavera and Javier Castellano moving clear. Gunavera for local trainer Antonio Sano romps in the Fountain of Youth.
0: Antonio Sano's new little problem is handling the attention that goes with training a Kentucky Derby hopeful. That's a much better problem to have. As is, how am I going to fit the Kentucky Derby around my college exams? That's the issue for Antonio's assistant trainer, his son Alex who found a few minutes for us while preparing for finals at the University of Central Florida. And Alex Sano joins us here on In the Gate. What is that program you're involved in at UCF?
2: Uh, I study in the University of Central Florida, and I'm currently going to enroll in biology with a pre veterinary track.
0: Oh, so eventually you, you're going to treat these horses rather than train them.
2: Yeah, <laughs> hopefully.
0: Well, how exciting. We're talking with Alex Sano around his final exam schedule, so I hope we we haven't taken too much of your time here. How late do your exams go?
2: My exams are going well. Uh, The last examination week will be uh, the last week of April, uh, and after that I'll be heading to Kentucky with my father.
0: So you've been basically assisting on Gunnavera part-time here, is what I gather.
2: Yeah, that's correct.
0: Well, you know, the last person I had on this show who was in a similar situation, and we have had one, maybe you've heard of him. His name is Justin Zayat, and that was the year American Pharaoh won the Triple Crown, and he was managing the stable part-time while he was still in school. So there could be a good omen here for you.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hear about Justin uh, with American Pharoah, Bob Buffer, and the Triple Crown.
0: So, I'm wondering what you made of that run in the Florida Derby where he came from way back, finished third as the favorite. Is the glass half full, or did you leave scratching your head?
2: At first, right after the race was finished, I was scratching my head. I was, wow, well, it's pretty shocking. I really like the horse to win. But then I watched the replace of the race several times, and now he said, yeah, the horse had uh, several factors that were against him the whole race, and I actually think it's one of the best races the horse has ever run.
0: What makes you say that?
2: The thing that was, that makes me say that is actually that that race was actually the fastest of all derby prep recently that I've seen. Also, the fact that the horse started from post-position number 10, which in Gotham Park the win chances of post-position number 10 is only a 6% at that distance, which are pretty hard statistics to, to beat. Secondly, the horse was left way, way, way behind, the way he likes to run. But also that day, the track surface was really fast, which made it uh, really hard for the closers to come back and close and win the race. And when he got the stretch, he was almost, I thought he wasn't going to beat anyone. I thought he wasn't going to be in the top three or anything. And then when I realized he got even the third place, and only a leg and a half to the second place, I was pretty amazed.
0: Now, obviously, your family comes from Venezuela. There are a number of Venezuelan trainers in the United States now, like Gustavo Delgado, how long did it take your father, and we'll get to his story in a minute, brilliant trainer in Venezuela that he was, how long did it take him to start getting good horses here in the United States?
2: Well, luckily, we had a pre, uh, really good luck when we got here in the States. We started with a small table, around 10 horses, and then uh, we were able to have a feeling with the name of Devilish Lady. Which was a state champion in the state of Florida, winning multiple state races in uh, Tampa Bay Downs, Gulfstream Park, and Calder. She also won the Grade 3 SLA. And that was my, uh, the first big success for my father.
1: They're starting to bend for home. A big move coming from the back now from Gunavera, giving out is our storm and Norman. But here is Gunavera on the far outside to engage for the lead. It's Gunavera and Castellano striking the front in the stretch. On the inside, Hot Sean cannot fight back anymore, ducking in is Gunavera. But Gunavera is going to score a huge win in the Delta Downs jackpot.
0: Now, we talk about horses getting used to new racetracks, and obviously Gunna Vera has uh, taken his racetrack with him, running at Gulfstream, Saratoga, Keeneland, one of course, the Delta Downs jackpot. I wonder about the trainer, because there must be quite a few tracks around this country that he has never seen, and therefore, you know, he's learning how to adapt his horses as well. He's learning how to adapt himself to the uh the little quirks of all these tracks. How much of a learning curve is there for him?
2: Not correct. Uh, so for the track surfaces, we train mostly all the babies, horses, two-year-olds, in the Calder Racecourse Track, Gulfstream Park West, because that surface we consider it to be one of the best ones all over the state. It is very similar to the racetrack in Churchill Downs where the Kentucky is run, and that surface is also, was also similar to Van Delta Down, which make on never alone easily by a five length. Instead the Park surface is a little bit more fast track, which differs uh than the one on Calder.
0: Now it is unbelievable to me that this horse is based at Gulfstream Park West, the grandstand of which has been demolished. No viewers can actually go see anything there. A track that's owned by Churchill Downs The biggest race in the country is, of course, put on by Churchill Downs, the one that Gunnavara is trying to win. Has the irony been lost on you?
2: It's been a pretty funny story because uh, Calder was a really good playground. That's where we grew up. Uh, And unfortunately, due to recent events, it all has been demolished. And since I go to the track every day with my father, uh, I've seen it getting demolished day by day, and it's really, really sad.
0: Now, for those who are not familiar, Antonio Sano, Alex's father, the trainer of Gunavera, in his native Venezuela was kidnapped and held for a large ransom, the details of which are very sensitive to the family and they don't talk about all of them all the time. What part of that are you comfortable talking about? How did you feel during all this? How old were you when it happened?
2: At that time, my brother and I were 11 and 12 years old. We were currently out of the country. We were nearly vacationing with our aunts and uncles. While we had no knowledge at all that our father was being kidnapped in Venezuela for 36 days, we usually wanted to talk with him while he was kidnapped without knowing he was kidnapped. And uh, our aunts will answer, will answer to us that he was on a business meeting or he was out of town. They never told us the truth that he was kidnapped. All of a sudden, a call a few weeks after he was uh, after we knew about it, it was him on the FaceTime call, and we saw him, and we were pretty happy to see him. And he obviously was excited, but we still didn't know anything about the up until we went back to Venezuela and saw him in person, and he talked with us.
0: Now, obviously, I know you're not comfortable sharing all those details with us. I can understand that. Did he share all of the details with you, or did he still even then try to shield you from what had actually happened?
2: He's been trying to uh, share the most details that he can with my brother and I, but I understand it's really hard for him to talk about. And honestly, up to today, I think he hasn't shared all the details with us due to the fact that it's a really hard topic to talk about for him.
0: Are you curious or are you just let it be?
2: I've been curious. And as more interviews of him have come up, even I have been shocked by knowing all these facts that I didn't know before that he's selling now.
0: Well, obviously, with Gunnavera being such a high-profile horse and a lot of people like me are hopefully tactfully going to ask you about this, how do you think your father and you are going to handle all of this attention and these kinds of questions?
2: We will have something uh, ready for these kind of questions. We're going to be mentally ready, which is the most important thing to handle all of these, because we you know it's a delicate topic Uh, We also know there's a topic that needs to get out of there and be shared with the whole world so people can know that even though the obstacles sometimes can be hard, they can always be overcome.
0: When did you decide, or when did your father decide enough is enough here in Venezuela and to come here? And I guess the the bigger question is, did he leave because of that, or did he feel like he had done everything he could do? He is the leading trainer in the history of Venezuela and just needed a new challenge. What was the determining factor?
2: The determining factor was actually my mother. Uh, she was the one that said to my father, hey, Antonio, things are getting very delicate, and safety has really went down here in the country. We need to move out. Due to our children and the safety of our children. And then uh, due to those factors, my dad wanted to say to my mother uh, that he wanted to stay there. We're in a couple more uh, leading meeting trainer and then we'll see from there. But unfortunately, uh, the kidnapping happened right before that. And right after that, my mother told him again and my dad didn't think about it. So as he said, hey guys, we're going out of the country. We can't deal with this anymore.
0: Now, obviously, having a chance to win America's most famous race and one of the most famous races in the world is a pretty good salve for the hurt. But how much do you miss being home?
2: The part that I miss the most about being home is the fact that I left most of my family over there and also my childhood friends, which I grew up with. Luckily, we weren't that old. We were only 11 and 12 years old which has still made us able to make new friendships and new connections here in the United States.
0: How much do your friends, how much do people in Venezuela in general, know and or care about the Kentucky Derby?
2: As of today, the whole country uh, is going, unfortunately, in a very bad situation due to safety, uh, corruption, and all those delicate issues that the government has put in people. But the Venezuelan, the number one heavy for them is the horse racing. And Kentucky Derby is the most exciting thing for them. As for the year that Canyonero won, the whole country stopped due to that because Venezuela made success in the United States.
0: That would be the second winning in 1971, which I hate to say is the year that I was born, so I don't remember it firsthand. I've read quite a bit about <laughs> it. <laughs> now, if you do win, is there any chance that you would go back to Venezuela somehow for a celebration?
2: Unfortunately, you know, due to the conditions again in Venezuela, and my father himself did a promise that right after he kidnapped he will never touch Venezuela every day in his life, regardless of if he safe or if he stays unsafe safe, because he just wants to forget about that part of his life about the kidnap, even though that he owes all that he is to Venezuela.
0: Well with all of that said and the fervor for horse racing in Venezuela and everything you just said about not being able to go back for you you know uniquely i guess what would winning the Kentucky Derby mean to your family
2: Winning the Kentucky Derby to our family would be I great it says that we've been work hard and we're trying to to achieve all these years finally the moment is paying off and we're having a chance as one of the top 3 favorites for the Kentucky Derby which is well, basically, I didn't thought it would happen this soon, but hopefully we'll make something good out of it.
0: Well, Alex we have taken you away from your studies for far too long. You have final exams to come up. So thank you so much for a few <laughs> minutes, and the best of luck with Ken Avera going forward.
2: Thank you, Barry, and uh, the interview.
0: We're going to take a short break here on In the Gate, but when we return, the Empire Strikes Back on the Kentucky Derby Trail. Don't go away.
1: And Classic Empire is fifth, but he's only two from the front. They run towards the top of the stretch, and Malagasy has a short lead. Conquest Mo Money comes right back at him and actually retakes the front. Classic Empire, two and a half to make up Conquest Mo Money and Malagasy. They are right together. Here comes Classic Empire trying to run down the new leader, Malagasy. Malagasy, Conquest Mo Money. Here's the champ, Classic Empire. It is... Conquest Money Classic
0: Empire! Well, it looks like the best derby prep may have been saved for last. In fact, this race was so overlooked that it wasn't on broadcast television, regular broadcast television, and even on TVG, the number one announced team had already wrapped up for the day and left the B team to talk about the arkansas derby what a run by classic empire looked beaten at the top of the stretch let's get some perspective on this from someone who was actually there for the first time we welcome to win the gate pete perkins who contributes horse racing coverage to the arkansas democrat gazette and pete how spine-tingling a race was it to be there in person to watch
1: oh it was absolutely amazing it's just an intriguing horse now I'm not sure. There are already the naysayers going. Well, no, Pete. You know, horses that have had that kind of trouble on the road to the Derby rarely ever win. Maybe never win. So there are still big, big flags arise. You know, a bit up concerning Classic Empire's chance. But it was, uh, it was a really a fun thing to watch.
0: Detail for us all that this horse has overcome to get to this point.
1: Well, first of all. It was just one of those difficult horses to train, so it was terrible out of the gate. At one point, a Rad Ortiz had gone up to ride it in the, uh, the Hopeful Stakes at Saratoga. And so here's one of the you know, best-bred horses in America, and it's, yeah, it's super talent, has already won a great three race, and second-ever start. And this horse steps out of the gate at Saratoga, goes about 20 yards, and just essentially comes to a full stop. And it throws this jockey off. So, And then in its next race, which was a stakes race that also had a terrible start out of the gate, but Laparo, its regular jockey, was able to regain control and, and lead it to victory. And that's typical, correct? You, you know this. Most of the listeners, I'm sure, know that two-year-olds misbehave. They're kind of <laughs> like our teenage children, right? We know about that.
0: I have one just like that.
1: Yes. So, you know, they, they, sometimes they figure it out, but sometimes they just don't. And so that's, that, is, that is very common for two-year-old and even three-year-old horses.
0: And then he had some foot problems and physical problems, too.
1: That's right. And I talked to Mark about this. And by the way, Mark Cassie is one of those great men who says, don't call me Mr. Cassie, call me Mark. He said, Pete, this horse had... Psychological problems too. It wasn't just physical things. This this horse just kind of likes to just hang around the farm and play with the kids. And he says one thing: people think this horse is a like a bad egg, but he goes, "No, it's the nicest horse I've ever been around." You know, it would work great at a petting zoo. It would be a great petting zoo horse. So very well behaved, except when it comes to racing. But here's the thing: this is what got him. Yes, it had the foot abscess. Cassie said he thought that led to some back trouble. But before they figured that out, or no, even after they had figured that out, so now they've got him, they feel like he's healthy. He's the first horse I've ever heard of that did an Allen Iverson. He just didn't want to practice. They tried <laughs> to train him, and he just said, no, man. I want the Breeders' Cup General. <laughs> you have to do it, right? Practice.
0: <laughs> Training. We're talking
1: about practice. <laughs> right. So this horse just wouldn't work. So they finally, they essentially threw their hands up. They took it away from from Gulfstream and to Ocala, which is, gosh, I think three hundred whatever you know, a long way away, three hundred miles or so from Gulfstream.
0: Back. Yeah, I've done that drive. It's a terribly boring drive. I have done it.
1: Yeah, the, there's not too many three hundred mile drives that don't so bore us at some point and. I don't think that really matters to uh, three-year-old horses one way or the other. But anyway, they take Classic Empire up there, and suddenly, just like the light bulb went off, okay, I'm back home. He started training. In fact, ran a 59 second for five-eighths. So at that point, they had really, and I I believed them because they said this beforehand, they said, you know, we, we just won't go to the derby with this horse. So that 59, of course, anyone who knows horse racing knows that's perfectly adequate work and so they brought him to oakland and boom it was it was fun to watch it really was and furthermore I, i know you watched the race it was spectacular there were about seven horses that were in the mix right to the right almost to the finish
0: he looked beaten at the eighth pole it didn't look like he was even going to come close by the eighth pole and then that Run from the outside. He had the better footing, and away he went. And he did so on the wrong lead, too. He was on his left lead.
1: Yes, it, you know that that was remarkable. And I think that shows, perhaps, and this is, of course, all we look for at this point. You know, all we old tired horsemen. Well, can he go a mile and a quarter? That's all you ever hear ask at this time of the year. And obviously, a performance like that makes you think that well yeah maybe he could go another 220 yards obviously they're excited about bringing this horse to or taking this horse to louisville now
0: well that's what makes it fun we've got a good long time to mull it over well thank you so much pete perkins thank you for being with us here on in the gate for the first time
1: hey barry thanks for having me on i really appreciate it i'd love to join you again
0: all right thanks to pete perkins and to alex sano Of all the colorful people surrounding this year's Kentucky Derby, one notable name is absent from that list. Bob Baffert, who's won four of them at 12 Triple Crown races in total, had several prospects which for different reasons missed. The best of them was Mastery, who lived up to that name in winning the San Felipe a month ago. But Mastery suffered a leg fracture as soon as he crossed the wire. Will he ever return to racing? We don't know. Now, I wouldn't take up a collection for Bob Baffert. He's done okay, especially with that horse named Arrogate, who in the last five months has won a cool $17 million. That'll put a mighty fine dinner on Bob's plate. But it will be a little strange when America's most celebrated horse race is run without its most famous conditioner. Yet there's rarely any sentiment when business is concerned, including the celebrity status of its practitioners. You can get us on our YouTube channel by searching In The Gate Podcast. You can get us on SoundCloud as well, which services the iTunes store, TuneIn.com, and its app. You can get us on the Pink Podcatcher app, and you can subscribe to In The Gate in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. For the full In The Gate experience, subscribe now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. And you can follow me on Twitter at B. Abrams Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. That's In The Gate for this week. I'm Barry Abrams. We'll see you next time.